Hello there. This is Cassia. And this is Brian. Welcome to The Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Spoiler alert for Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films, TV shows, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Alright, today we have a special episode, and I kind of feel like we've been leading up to this one for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Ring Theory and Knights of the Old Republic episode. So, recently, Brian and I, we watched the prequel Strike Back, a fan's journey on Patreon, and it was a film that came out in 2016. It was a, a fan film documentary by Bradley Weatherholt about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And in that film, there's a lot of interviews conducted with film scholars, critics, academics, and Star Wars fans. Uh, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, what did you think of it, Brian? Yeah, so it was really excellent. So one of the things that I really like in film, just in general, are documentaries. Uh, really big fan of documentaries. So this one was really good. And this one is interesting. I'd heard about it when it first kind of got off the ground. So it was uh, featured on Indiegogo. They were raising money to make this thing. And uh, I went back and looked, and they raised about almost $13,000. So like $12,773 on their Indiegogo to get this thing off the ground. And I thought that that was really cool. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's laid out really well. It tells a really good story about the prequels and it was really fascinating to watch, really interesting to watch as a star Wars fan, as a prequel fan, as a sequel fan, it was super interesting. So I was way into it. Yeah, I feel like it was a Star Wars fan film made by fans for fans, kind of about the fans. Yeah. The tagline is, you must unlearn what you have learned. And I really enjoyed it because it's kind of like asking you to reevaluate what you think of George Lucas, what you think of the prequel trilogy, and what you think of... Star Wars, what you think of the fandom, and I think, like, with with kind of, like, time, I think, like, a lot of the fans have kind of come more full circle towards George Lucas and the prequel trilogy, but it's it's almost like the cycle's repeating itself again, and it's, like, it's yeah. interesting, and I like that what this film does is rather than like kind of just uh, criticize something, it's it's deconstructing it so you're learning more about it and kind of bring bringing awareness to to things. And I just I don't know. I, I kind of hope that the Star Wars fandom moves into a more positive direction. That's not so, you know, kind of clickbaity and kind of like to the extremes. But I guess we'll we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, one of the things um, you recommended this to me, you know, several weeks ago, and I'd never watched it. I'd heard about it through the Indiegogo, so I was kind of aware of it, but I'd never really seen it until, you know, we watched it for the watch along and for this episode here. But one of the things I really liked about it was that it was laid out in this hero's journey kind of style, which is, you know, as Star Wars fans, that's a storytelling medium that we're really familiar with. So it made a lot of sense. And yeah, it was just really interesting. Yeah. And one of the facets that the prequel Strike Back brings up is Mike Klimo's Star Wars Ring Theory, uh, which you can actually Google at StarWarsRingTheory.com, and it kind of explains like how the Star Wars saga, which at that time was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, it was combined not just kind of like in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, but like 1 connected with, with 6, and 2 connected with 5, and three connected with four, and I found it to be a well-researched uh, fan theory uh, that I I think has a lot um, going for it, and it, it kind of, like, touches on the... I always forget if this is chiasmus. Yeah, it's chiasmus. Um, it's kind of like if you listen to John F. Kennedy, he says, ask not what your country can do for you, Ask what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. So the second clause is a reversal of the first. So the words are arranged in the in an A B B A fashion. Country you you country you know. And I'm just reading this from the Star Wars Ring Theory, but it's it's kind of like it's not just um the it's not just like the Star Wars trilogy pattern that like my friend Ian presented to me where it's like the first iteration is a trilogy is a hero's or heroine's journey and then the second iteration in a trilogy is like the genre film and then the last one is either a redemption or a fall um so it's not just like it's not just like one two three four five six but there there's kind of like linkages uh throughout like the whole saga so what did you think of uh, Mike Klimo's theory? Yeah, so the theory is super interesting, right? So it basically, it draws a ring, right? So you have episodes one, Phantom Menace, and six, Return of the Jedi. And then you have uh, episodes two and five, so Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back. And then you have three and four, which are Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But... So the way that it is kind of presented, right? So it's it's in this ring. So they're kind of like parallels and then they kind of go into like mirror images of each other and then back to parallels. So it's it's really interesting to look at and it's a very different way to think about the way that the prequels and the original trilogy are done. And it's just super fascinating, right? So... um they kind of lay it out in this film of the prequel strike back. So starting in the, you know, the one and six parallel, you have the two Jedi and the Phantom Menace, and then you have the two droids in 
Return of the Jedi, it kind of at the start, and then it goes into like the pod race versus the speeder bike section of Return of the Jedi, and then you have the kind of the end with the Gungam battle and the Ewok battle. So that's it. It's really interesting to look at the at the parallels because you don't really think of um, the Phantom Menace and Return of the Jedi as being kind of these, you know sort of similar levels of films but they make these parallels to them and that's really interesting yeah and i think the parallels that like struck me the most were in attack of the clones and empire strikes back because Mm -hmm. they say like in attack of the clones you start in a high place you go to a remote wasteland and then in empire strikes back you you start somewhere remote it's wasteland and then you end in a high place you know and it's like it's kind of like Anakin fails to make the decision that Luke is able to make in the original trilogy so it's kind of like you begin from a high point and then in Revenge of the Sith when uh, Anakin makes the wrong choice uh, you get to the low point and then it starts to ascend again in the original trilogy so yeah it's a the ring theory is a pattern you see like throughout like all cultures, like all times, all geographical locations. Like it's kind of like the hero's journey. It's like it's not bound to uh, any one story in any one place at any one time by any one people. So it's a fascinating pattern to learn more about. So we would recommend that you look up the Star Wars Ring Theory at StarWarsRingTheory.com. It's by Mike Klimo. And mm-hmm. to also watch the prequel Strike Back, and if you wish to listen to our commentary, it's available on Patreon. How does the first Knights of the Old Republic utilize the pattern we mentioned, the Star Wars trilogy pattern and the Star Wars Ring Theory? So... Uh, how would you think that the the Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, utilizes the Star Wars trilogy pattern? In terms of the ring theory, I mean, the big one, obviously, you know, people that are listening to the podcast probably know, but you're talking about you have Revan, who is a Jedi, and then turns to the dark side, and then, you know, is... You know, sort of captured by Bastila, redeemed, um, and then Bastila ends up turning to the dark side and is redeemed by Revan. So it's this, you know, sort of a circular pattern that we have between Revan and Bastila, where they're going around this light side, dark side sort of journey that they're going, you know, sort of rescuing one from the other. And it just keeps kind of repeating itself throughout the story. I mean, that's the big one to me. Uh, what do you think in terms of the ring theory? Is is that the kind of major one to you, or are there uh, other ones that you see? Um, I definitely see the Star Wars trilogy pattern because I would say that Terrace and Dantooine are definitely like a kind of like a hero's journey story. And then I would say like when you kind of are searching for the star maps, it's kind of like a bit of a genre, a little bit like a. Uh, Indiana Jones, uh, you're kind of searching for things, and each planet has its own kind of genre flavor. And then 
I would say at the end, like, you definitely have to make a choice as the player character to see if you're going to be on the light side or the dark side, and then you have the the chance to save uh, Juhani from the dark side, and you have the choice to save uh, Bastila from the dark side. So I definitely do see the Star Wars trilogy pattern in KOTOR, and then... I do think that there definitely is a ring theory in KOTOR. And I don't know if anyone was like consciously like making that choice while they were writing the story, but I don't think that doesn't mean that it's not there. Uh, I just think it means it's a it's a good work of fiction. Because I, yeah. I definitely do see the ring theory in the game. And maybe this sounds self-congratulatory but like and also in our proposed trilogy <laughs> sure yeah so well i think um so the way knights of the Order republic is presented right it's it's very much just kind of this uh hero's journey tale that we see in a new hope so it's very much presented in the same way that star wars you know uh gets kind of kicked off here is this sort of hero's journey. So I think that they were at least kind of, you know, pivoting off of the way that A New Hope was, the way that George Lucas was telling stories, the way that, you know, stories have been told for, you know, you know, a super long time, right? Is to get this story off the ground. It it seems to make sense to me. And then yeah, as far as the ring theory goes, yeah, there's a lot of uh circular patterns you know in our characters i'd mentioned revan and bastila but you know there are also some other kind of you know circular sort of storylines going on um a couple that i had written down here are zalbar so he's like the chieftain's son he leaves or is cast out uh he returns kind of assumes his leadership but then he leaves again and kind of returns you know right on the same kind of circular journey uh that we see in some heroes tales and maybe in some of these ring theory type of things yeah i think you can definitely uh make the argument uh that there is the ring theory at work for a lot of characters i think they all have some pretty some pretty good arcs Karth has a good arc as well. Mission. I wanted to bring up this one comment by uh, 44 Julian who says, KOTOR mm -hmm. 1 has a good versus evil storyline similar to the original trilogy, but KOTOR 2 is much more nuanced like the prequel trilogy. And mm. I, I definitely think that the first KOTOR was was made to be like parallel a lot of the original trilogy which i think if they ever did adapt it into a show or a trilogy i would maybe like pare down the overt references i would say like just so like people aren't quoting like word for word like a certain scene and a new hope like because mm -hmm. I, I would worry that people would look at the camera and be like we're referencing this scene from a new hope you know just so <laughs> yeah you YouTubers can can put this in a in an Easter egg video, you know, and it's like, no, please, no. <laughs> yeah, but I, there are there are a couple of other um, characters here that I had. So in addition to Zalbar, you have 
Jolie, who's kind of on this uh, circular journey, right? So he was a he was a Jedi student and then a Jedi teacher, and then he went into isolation, and then you know he's back with our group as a Jedi teacher, uh, kind of making that, and then uh, kind of the big one um, in terms of like this circular narrative for me is Malak and Revan, right? So so Malak is a Jedi with. Revan and he's like a reluctant follower and then he's kind of embracing this you know following of Revan and then they have the uh downfall of Revan and then you know he's he's kind of embracing his new role is that so that to me is a really interesting kind of circular narrative for Malik in this story as well yeah there there's a lot of uh good character arcs uh and i can't wait to even dive into uh knights of the old republic too because there are so many great characters and arcs in that in that uh game it's almost like a literature course you know so what i've written down for the traditional star wars trilogy pattern so not the ring theory so the first part is revan falls to the dark side Bastila spares a fallen Revan. A bond is formed. Bastila falls to the dark side. Revan spares a fallen Bastila. And then the bond is re-engaged. And then for, for the ring theory, I'm kind of looking at it through the lens of like what a third film in our proposed trilogy would be. And I would start it in median res, which means in the middle of things. And... I'm just about done with uh, Barry Strauss's The Trojan War, and I'm about to read Stephen Fry's Troy. So as you can see, like I, I really, you know, branch out and read a wide variety, but I always have like the Iliad, the Odyssey, and the Aeneid on, on my mind. What these like all have in common, like the Iliad, the Odyssey, and the Aeneid, they all start like in the middle of the story, like. If you read the Odyssey, it doesn't start in chronological order. It starts on one island, and then um, Odysseus will recount how he got to that point at a banquet. And then the Iliad doesn't show you the whole ten years of the war. It starts, like, you know, in the ninth year. I believe it's the ninth year. It could be the tenth year. but um, And then it kind of tells the whole story of the war, but mostly just, like, the like middle of it and then the Aeneid it kind of copies lovingly plagiarizes <laughs> the Odyssey <laughs> and uh, Aeneas tells how he like had to leave a fallen Troy and how they got to um, Carthage and then you you see mm -hmm. him complete his destiny so like a lot of epics all over the world begin in the middle of things um mm -hmm. And then how I would begin, like, the third film is in the middle of things as well. And it would begin on Revan's flagship. So it would be a little bit of a flashback. And Star Wars doesn't do that a lot, but I feel like this would be something different. And you're kind of seeing how the bond is formed. And I think mm -hmm. this would be the best placement for that. So... You would see the Jedi Strike team and you'd see like a Padawan Bastila who's like going up against a Sith Lord, even though she's talented and has like battle meditation. It's kind of like 
is this gonna kill her you know and then like a lot of the jedi around her like fall and she's gonna go like toe-to-toe with a with the dark lord of this of the sith but then unexpectedly like no one's expecting you know the spanish inquisition but malik like shoots on revan and then you're kind of like what and then like you see bastila like kind of consciously make this choice to save revan but then it kind of forms a a bond between them and i i think that would be good to see and then i would kind of like have like you kind of see how everyone ended up on the end our spire i think you would see the masters kind of like complete the job but also kind of like doing another job they're like that Bastila started because I think like Bastila's like we can we can save this Sith Lord you know and and perhaps he'll he'll find redemption and it's like that's great but we also kind of want to give him a new identity and have him find some maps for us and but you'll be in charge of the mission and you're gonna go along with this because you're a Padawan and you're gonna do what we say and she'd probably be like this seems morally questionable but like she would go along with it uh then you'd kind of see like revan become a new person and uh it would be brief kind of moments like kind of more impressionistic but then i think you would maybe see like bastila like talking to a trask olgo you know a fan favorite um and saying like I don't know if she would necessarily tell Trask that he was Darth Revan, but maybe she would she would say like he's important to me, watch out for him and that's why you see like Trask Olgo protect Revan and like go against like all odds because like he was kind of in on it, like I yeah. think that gives it an interesting layer. And then like I think like you'd kind of see Bastila uh from afar like Revan doesn't see her, but she sees him and is kind of just, like, aware and, like, just kind of keeping an eye on him. And then you'd kind of see, like, uh, the Endar Spire fall under attack. And then you'd see, like, maybe Revan or Bastila, probably Revan, they'll kind of, like, wake up and, like, because it's all kind of, like, making sense and he's remembering. So so that's how I would start out uh, the film. So that would be the A, kind of like Revan's flagship. You kind of see, like, what got you to that point. It's in median res. And then mm-hmm. he has to find the last star map on Korriban. And he kind of has to, um, he has to, like, come to terms with the dark side. Like, knowing who he is. Like making a synthesis of his identity you know like he has a reprogrammed identity he has who he used to be and who he is now knowing everything and so i think Mm -hmm. it would be kind of like this film would be like a redemption not just for bastila but also like it's kind of like revan is reclaiming himself who he wants to be it's not necessarily who the council wants him to be uh, it's not like who he used to be as Dark Lord of the Sith, but he's becoming a better person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, Korriban would be B, in my mind. And then when he knows everything, you know, like all the star maps, that's when they go to the Unknown World, a.k.a. Lehan. And 
I would see this as kind of the midpoint. So it's kind of like a squiggly line B, you know? So uh, mm. I would see this like A, B, B, A pattern. So Lee Han would be the midpoint where it's like he knows everything. And then he's presented with the choice like from Bastila, who's on the dark side now, like you could join me. And then he he would say no from a canonical standpoint. And then he would face uh, Bastila and Malik again, you know, not in the same battle, but I'm just kind of like paraphrasing here. Um, and then redeem Bastila. And that would be squiggly line A, you know, uh, so A, B, mm-hmm. B, A, and then a happy ending. It's kind of like in my mind, it's like Bond formed and then Kashik, Lehan choice, and then Starforge, Bond reengaged, aka you have a uh, Revan's flagship, Bond formed, Korriban, Lehan. I would say that's the low point, and the Bond forming on Revan's flagship was the high point. And then Lehan is the low point because I feel like. Uh, the bond mates, the forced dyad are kind of like not on the same team, you know, and mm-hmm. there's drama to be had. And then the star forge. Yeah. And then they're on the same team again. They're redeemed and fairy tale ending, you know, and then it's a high point. So it's kind of like a circle or a ring, hence the ring theory, which is yeah. kind of like a hero's journey. And uh, yeah. So uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, so I that that makes a lot of sense. So if you look at the ring theory, one of kind of the important bits of it is that as you go, you know, everything's kind of connected. And as you go around the ring, they everything kind of starts to mirror everything and then it comes back together. So that's that's the big thing kind of with this Revan and Bastila arc, right? So uh, you have them together, Bastila's captured Revan starting to redeem Revan and then as it goes along they're kind of mirroring each other right so you have you know Bastila turning towards the dark side on one side Revan turning towards the dark side on the other side and then it comes back together and it's like the uh opposite right so so basically the the story goes is that Revan you know was a Sith Lord turned by Bastila and then at the end Revan is the Jedi and he's turning Bastila back. So I think that, you know, playing through um, our proposed film and uh, the way you just laid it out. Yeah. It may, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the ring theory. Cause you're trying to, like I said, you're trying to make the story kind of circular, but also kind of mirror itself as you go around the circle, uh, which is yeah, really interesting. And I think that, they do a really good job of it in the game and in the, you know, film we're proposing. So I think that that's uh, really great. Yeah. I mean, even like while we were trying to pro- like go through like each film in the proposed trilogy, I think we're always kind of cognizant of the hero's journey and kind of like parallelis- mm-hmm. par- parallelism. That's kind of hard to say. English is hard, but um <laughs> So, like, in our first, like, film in the proposed trilogy, it's, like, and our spire, and then Terrace is, like, a large jungle of a city, and then Dantooine is the midpoint breaking it up, and then mm-hmm. Kashyyyk is, like, a huge city in a jungle, and, like, Terrace is a tragedy, Kashyyyk, um, 
kind of ends more hopeful and heroic. And then with uh, the second film, uh, where the first like was kind of like a, a hero's journey for a lot of the crew, uh, this one is kind of more like inspired by, um, like I don't know. Did we kind of like say like spy films, um, mm-hmm. war films, Cold War films? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more of a somber tone where you're trying to sort of navigate your way through the war, right? It's not as as much of a hero's journey as much of it is as kind of a uh, yeah, like as a, yeah, just kind of just kind of navigating uh, this world that we're in. Yeah, it's kind of like the heroes, the Ebonhawk crew are trying to find the secrets underneath everything, you know, like star maps and everything, like find hidden star maps on Tatooine and the Dune Sea and then like in a literal sea on Manon, you know. But like like so you have like Tatooine a desert and then Manon an ocean planet. Um but like the ultimate secret are the secrets everyone's kind of keeping from each other and the ultimate reveal that Revan is literally Revan, you know, which mm-hmm. is revealed on the Leviathan. And that's kind of like, I guess, like the grenade in the middle of our trilogy that like, that's kind of like the Luke having Vader as a father, kind of like uh, without that twist, um... Return of the Jedi would literally just be another blow up the Death Star movie, and there's not really character motivation there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like without Revan being Revan, it's kind of just like, cool, now he took down Darth Malak, and like, who cares, you know? So, it's good that Revan was Revan. Of course, in the third film, it's like the Revan flagship flashback, and then Corbon, Lehan, Starforge, High Point. So, yeah, that that's how I see it. So, I guess the audience could decide what they think, and they can even add, you know, like what what they think. And uh, I think more will come to light in the future because I I don't think anyone has really kind of laid out like a a ring theory pattern for Kotor that I know of. I I couldn't find anything, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did a little bit of looking and I didn't see anything that was laid out. But I think that the, you know, kind of first trilogy of our films or the way that the game is laid out, it it seems like it is, you know, just primed for having some sort of, you know, a kind of mirror side of the ring told about it. So Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about Star Wars it has a mythic structure it's mythic storytelling and just storytelling in general like these patterns they come from all of us you know like the collective unconscious uh culture they come from each of us individually so i don't know like that's why i love stories so much they're just magical and they're all unique but they all kind of have like a a similar blueprint Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's fun to kind of look and dissect sort of these story elements of, you know, things like KOTOR, things like Star Wars, stuff like that is pretty fun. Yeah. And one thing I realized, maybe too late, maybe it's not too late, is we should have had a sponsor for like 
Star Wars jewelry sponsor for this episode. Oh, yeah. It's a ring theory. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe we can work with it, you know, but um, we need we need a Star Wars ring yeah. or a KOTOR ring for sure. As you know, we're always uh, open to feedback and comments. So if you can find like patterns in KOTOR or KOTOR 2 that kind of pertain to like the Star Wars trilogy pattern or the ring theory, let us know because we always we always love learning and we're kotor nerds so so that kind of wraps up what we you know kind of think about the ring theory in terms of star wars and how it would apply to knights of the old republic and our you know proposed cinematic adaptation to it um and we got this from the prequel strike back which is a really great film and we recommend that everyone check it out it's available on you know, iTunes, Amazon, it's available on their website, which is prequelstrikeback.com. Um, and we actually did a watch along of this film and we have that available on our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash podcast. So if you get this film and you want to watch it along with us, uh, we recommend doing that because it was a lot of fun and really interesting and a good time. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, and you can find the link to our Patreon in my bio, Ebon Hawk Podcast, on Instagram, and just click the milkshake link in the bio, and you can uh, swipe left and find all of our links. So may the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. And you can find us on Instagram at Ebon Hawk Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at astro underscore droid underscore. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. The Ebon Hawk can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shoreman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Evan Hawk podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>